there. Welcome to Textures, a podcast about art, design, and entrepreneurship. My name is Valérie Legras. In each episode, I meet with an artist, designer, creator, innovator, individuals who add textures to our world. We discuss how they are able to make it happen. Join me in discovering their world, their work, and how they go about living and leading a life that inspires themselves and others. In this episode, I have the pleasure to host David A.U. Servantreberg. David is a French artist who has embraced a full-time career as a painter based in London. He is recognized as a rising star in the world of art. Through his work, David addresses the need for better preservation of our planet Earth. He generates emotion through wood, brushes, god leaves, cement, and fire, drawing awareness to the issue of sustainability from the material he uses and the concept behind the pieces. This is one of the last episodes I recorded for season two. So David and I have had our conversation from the confines of our own home due to COVID-19 quarantine. The resulting crisis in the world invite us to totally revisit the way we live, taking for granted what Mother Nature gives us. We will have a before and an after COVID-19. So what can we do differently, even better after? David's main concern is that we are not looking after our host, the planet, well enough. His artwork is a constant homage to the only things he believes in, our breathtaking planet. I invite you to listen to David's powerful testimony about his work and how, through his art, he invites all of us to refocus on the present moment and what we would want to pass on to the next generation. For all of you that are confined, stay safe. For all our amazing healthcare professionals, thank you and we love you. And now, here is David Heyu Servantreberg, not just an environmental activist, but an amazing artist with a powerful voice. Hi, David. Thank you so much for joining me today. No, no, no. Uh, so you're in London right now. Uh, I'm in New Orleans. And you are confined, like the rest of the world. How, is it, how, how, how do you feel about that over there? Well, it's... Um... It's a very peculiar feeling. Um, I'm I'm quite lucky because where I am, I can I have access to fresh air, which I think is um, very important in these times. And I know we're not all in this situation. Um, I I also can work from home because my studio is in my garage. Um, so my lifestyle is not drastically affected. However, there is this overall feeling of, of it's, 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 it's very unusual, unique feeling, and uh, I would say a little bit gloomy. Um, but, um, you know, we, we have to wait for it to pass. And, um, and again, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not to blame on, on the way I'm living it at the moment. So what brought you to, to London, David? Because you're French and... Uh... You're, you're not, in London, so yeah. Well, it's funny because I moved to London in 2012, early 2012. Um, I 
I, I, I didn't know London at all. And I, I didn't really have, uh, I didn't have a good image of London at that time. It's just that be, I'm, I moved there to, because I had a, a job opportunity. And uh, a few weeks before moving to London, I actually came with my girlfriend at the time for a weekend. This was just before I graduated. And in one weekend, um, I found a flat. I found a gallery that would exhibit some of my work. And I found a job. And I thought, I had no idea I was going to live in London. Uh, it was my first time, actually. And then I thought, okay, well, this has to be the city that is, you know, it's got to be the place to be. So I decided to move there. Um, I studied something that is very different from art. I studied hospitality management. Oh, you did? I did, yeah. Yeah. I, did. I, I spent four years in uh, Switzerland um, where I did this uh, university. And because my dream was to have a hotel of mine, then I quite quickly realized it was um, not exactly what I wanted. Anyway, so... Uh, so your background has nothing to do with art in terms of study. So you are, mm -hmm. I guess, you're, still, you know, you're um, living in Paris. You're, is your family was in art or in... No? Not at all. Not yeah. at all. Well, so you go to Switzerland. Switzerland is the best place to study um, uh, hospitality management. And then what happened? So, um, I mean, I always liked, you know, I always painted. Uh, I actually started... Um, to discover my artistic side through graffiti. Uh, I started graffiti when I was quite young, actually. Uh, but I didn't know I was making art. I was just doing graffiti. I was, you know, I was a teenager, I was a rebel, and uh, I was just doing this uh, for the control of adrenaline, really. That was the whole thing. Because, you know, when, you, when you're in front of a wall and you have your graffiti can in your pocket, you haven't done anything yet, but your adrenaline is rushing. And that's, you get <laughs> completely addicted to this. Um, then, uh, sorry, I get a bit uh, far from uh, the, the topic. But uh, what happened is that I, my dream was to be, you know, a, the owner of a hotel. That's since a very young kid. And so I did everything I could to get into this university and I got accepted. So <clears throat> I spent four years there and then I realized while doing this university, you know, I had internships and things like that. And I realized that um, my creative side was, you know, uh, growing and growing. And uh, because in a university like this, you don't have any artists, I quickly became the artist of the university so it's could you could you draw or could you paint when you was studying there yeah yeah i mean uh, this is it's something that um i could and i was meaning that i was you know still i was buying canvases that i was doing in my room uh, i had all this sort of art furniture you know things um in my room so very quickly i had the uh, reputation of the artists in the hospitality industry and um, which suited me very well by the way I was very happy with that and you know, I was doing a lot of photography as well um, and at the end of uh, that university I joined I, I found a, a, a job in the hotel called the Bulgari Hotel in London it was a hotel that was being built so it was, had to be part of the 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 creation of, of you know the entire team and so on um 
and then after a couple of years uh, i started to sell my work while being uh, at this hotel i was still i was doing some little shows here and there so i decided to uh, give it a try and to leave the hotel, the hospitality industry and to you know become a full-time artist uh, at that time i went to see the owner of the hotel i told him look this is what i'm gonna do and he said all right man well good luck uh, i'll see you in six months <laughs> and he was right so six months later i came back to him and because during six months nothing i mean i made absolutely no no sales uh, and I ran out of money, so I had to uh, find a, another job. So these six months I took to become a full-time artist were very interesting, but not very uh, lucrative. So I came to see him, and, and his, his office was right next to Sotheby's in London. So after my, inter my interview with him, or my, my coffee with him, um, he was actually telling me that he was opening a hotel in a uh, Bulgari hotel in Paris, and this would take a little more years. In fact, it's still not open. Uh, anyway, um, so I went to, uh, I went to have a look at the exhibition that of the current exhibition at Sotheby's and behind the desk of Sotheby's is a lady that I used to work with in the previous hotel. And she, you know, it was very random and she welcomes me in and asks me what I'm doing and I tell her that I'm a struggling artist and she's telling me, well, she told me that, you know, if I wanted, I could come and work with her. Uh, I would be paid by the hour and I could help her to sell catalogs and I could uh, help in the cloakroom and, you know, really start at the bottom of the ladder. Um, and it was suiting me very well because, um, you know, it was, a zero hour contract and uh, and it was in the art world so i was you know was yeah you were no matter what you were surrounded by art exactly and and also people of the art world which is something i didn't know of. you know i didn't i i didn't know anybody from the art world really um when i was in in, in hospitality um so very interesting move and then after uh three months they offered me a permanent position uh and i was doing evaluation evaluation of um of, there was something called appraisal. the evaluation like kind of appraisal you appraise the art appraisal, yeah yeah appraisal so in, in the uk we, we we call it the valuation there's a valuation department and it's appraisal yeah okay so people come to you with artworks and they uh they, they might think that they got something amazing from a car boot sale or you know they're somebody in their family passed away or they have debt and they have to sell things anyway all sorts of reasons they come to you with an artwork and you got to make some research about what they have and see um you know roughly how much it's worth then you speak to a specialist and then you either take it consign it or uh you send them but it's a great uh, way to learn about art because you have to make yeah it was it was exactly like doing you know art history class but being paid for it that's it was great <laughs> i've learned so much if, and it was also an eye opener as in um, it really refined my eye i think because you I, I had to see um, fantastic artworks on the walls but also all type of artworks in between my hands because you know people would bring you posters thinking that they're real artworks or all sorts of things 
Um, and so, and so, yeah, so this was, uh, this is how I got into Sotheby's. Then I moved from that department, I moved to the marketing department. There's this, well, there's a department called Preferred, which is basically the loyalty program of, of, the, of Sotheby's. And um, I stayed there for a couple of years and then things went, were going really well on my artistic career. And so I decided to, it was time to fully live as an artist. But it took a few years. And so at that time you were uh, presenting, showing your art in, uh, in galleries, correct? That's right. Yes. Let's talk about your art because we're having a conversation, but maybe we have to explain what your art is about yes. and what's the message behind your art. Of course, we're going to, um, we can describe it, but we're going to invite our listener to go on your website and to go on your Instagram to learn more about it. But um, the fact that uh, today our health is kind of a under attack, I would say. Uh, and uh, I think it's really resonant with the message you are trying to uh, share mm. with your art and the way your art evolved, uh, becoming a real activist. And that's mm. what I want you to talk about. You know, what's, what's behind just being an artist in your, uh, you know, today? You know, it's funny because you just said something about our earth being under attack. Um, and I think that very, very frequently when we speak about our planet or our or earth uh, or mother nature, um, we could replace that word with human, with just the word humans. Because when we say, you know, um, don't do this, it's bad for the planet, don't throw away a, a plastic bag. Uh, in the water or in the sea or in the ocean because it's bad for the planet it's not really bad for the planet it's really bad for the humankind and all sort uh, and all living beings on our planet but i think it's it's as humans we we think a lot of ourselves and uh lit, probably too little of our planet and therefore we think that our planet is going to suffer from climate change we think our climate our planet is going to suffer from pollution but the truth is that the people living on the planet are going to suffer from that our planet is much stronger than, than than us obviously our planet gave life to us and and um and this is what i'm trying to convey in my the message i'm conveying in my work our planet is giving life to whatever surrounds us and therefore it's almost a you know we i have almost a religious affection for our planet because this is what gave life to me and that i know for a fact i don't know if god exists i know that i'm alive and i know that i am in, you know on earth um and so this is how i decided to to paint my first planet when i started to realize that um and so i i, I just wanted to be very grateful for this yeah. So one part of a one part of your art about speaking about being thankful, you know, for the planet we, how we can cherish the planet we have, and also being thankful. So one series is extremely um, bright and um, uh, it's happening. It's very emotional when you look at it because it's just like pure. It's very pure. Mm -hmm. And then you have another series. Mm -hmm. where all of a sudden you just kind of destroy something that has been beautifully 
created. So yeah. I just want to hear a little bit more about that. Right. So the way I picture the the planets that I'm the the planet on my work is uh, usually through the medium of gold leaf. I use gold um, as a symbol of you know something precious, a bit like uh, you would find icons in the Orthodox religion um, made out of gold leaf. Um, so I inspire myself from that. Now I divided the planet series into subseries, as you said. Uh, to tackle different subjects uh, and topic. Uh, the bright and, and uh, uh, the, the bright works that you were talking about, you know, the, the, the very peaceful ones, um, these are called blazars. So the idea uh, through this sub-series is to, for your eye to focus purely on the planet. So the background will be usually a plain background of one color. Um, and it's really made to for you to focus on on the beauty of of the planet. Uh, now I have some other subseries. One is called Haoni, uh, and it's about the climate change. And that the idea behind that was to burn a, a completed a completed work. So the Blazer series is very pure and and and. One day, I just decided to burn it completely. Um, because what, I can... Yeah, how, how did it happen? How did it come to your brain? You know, what was the process for you all of a sudden to decide to burn it and destroy it? Um, well, I paint on wood. Uh, so if it, if, it would have, if it would have been on canvas, burning it would have just completely destroyed. Uh, I, I paint on wood, and I started to make some uh, um, little experiments with fire. And the result of you know uh, carbon monoxide on 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 on, uh, on wood and uh, and I just had this um, you know this idea of communicating about the deforestation and I thought well perhaps the best way of doing this is by burning wood and um, and so because I wanted to reproduce the process of deforestation on a on a work, uh, so I started to burn a, a completed work, and it was it was nice, but obviously very flaky because you know you would have some parts falling apart, uh, falling off, uh, and so I had to put a layer of resin on top of it uh, to make it. Yeah, know, hold off. Yeah, hold, and uh, which I did, and then I wasn't completely satisfied with that result, so I started to reburn the the whole work. And that would bring some very strong and dark uh, little details. Um, and I had to re-resin this in order for it to not flake. Mm -hmm. But it ended up by being uh, you know, very, very strong works. Probably some of my favorites are from that sub-series. Um, perhaps not the most decorative ones. I would say you know, they're, 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 they're sometimes a bit dark. Uh, but for me, the message is, extremely touching uh, gets me sometimes emotional and um and very important to me so i i particularly enjoy that series um, yeah i mean you're not you're not you your art is your voice so uh, the, what comes out of your voice doesn't have to be the flattering decorative you know uh, piece of art that you have to everyone's going to have on his wall i mean if you you have to 
that's what makes your art very uh, strong and special. It's, it has this very, very strong um, message behind it. It's very um, powerful. So there's, a, there's another series that um, I'm working on called uh, Microcosm. Um, that series is uh, also based on woods, and I also use fire for it, but the, the message is a little bit different. Uh, in here, I, I picture what's directly beneath our feet. So it's um, a land that is very much affected by the human touch. And by burning, you know, I burn wood uh, and in such a way that it gives a crackle. So it pictures a very affected dry land where life is no longer possible, essentially, because of our activity. It's not a very positive message, but I'm trying to show here what could happen. And underneath, this crack, crackled earth, I put a layer, uh, another layer of wood on which I put some gold leaf. Now, what I'm trying to say here is that we are very much responsible for the damage we create to our planet. But the layer of gold underneath represents the life that our planet generates, whether humans are here or not. And, you know, there's been some dinosaurs before us here. There's simply no longer. It could very well happen to us too. Yet planet Earth will still continue to bring life. So through microcosm, I'm, I'm trying to picture that. Um, the gold represents the, the life and the hope, and the layer on top represents the catastrophe, uh, a catastrophic. Yeah, but I think which is beautiful is you have always a positive side of, you know, even though it's an alarmist uh, statement, it's still, there is always this underlining um, the positive side of it. Yeah. That's, that's the strength of this yeah. earth. Well, I mean, the truth is, you know, we're, you and I here are still very much alive and not completely threatened as we speak by uh, climate catastrophe, yet um, we see the changes of, you know, we see changes going very quickly every year and um, we are currently confined in our home because of a, you know, virus, which is probably very different from climate change, but the, the point is we we are in a very fragile, I would say. Yeah, it shows our vulnerability. Exactly. We yeah. are very vulnerable. Um, and therefore, you, you, you know, even with a couple of degrees, when we talk about climate change, we, you know, we, we some uh, scientists are uh, predicting an increase of a, only a couple of degrees in 50 years, uh, in 50 years time, which could be, you know, we could think it's not much, but we as us as human being might not survive, which sometimes make me feel like we're just microbes on a on a human, you know, when we have the bad, you know, bad or toxic microbes inside us, when we have a bit of fever, we just increase our temperature and the, 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 the yeah, you just die. reject, yeah, that's the way to just get rid of it. Exactly, and it looks like this is what's happening with her, with Earth and us, yeah. you know. Yeah, we're starting to become a little bit of a burden and a little bit too annoying for our planet, and then the the result is a couple of degrees more, and it will wipe us out. So, fever. <laughs> yeah, it's a fever. It's a fever. So, um, do you think you have 
so your message became very clear to you. The message you want to communicate for your art became clear to you um, as an artist um, at an early stage, or this is something that you, you your um, dedication to um, bring awareness to people came at an early stage in your art, or is that something that is more recent? You know, it came to me. Uh, I'm I'm naturally very anxious, uh, especially about death. I I. I have difficulties coping about with the idea of death, with the idea of infinity, infinite nothing, you know, that's pretty mm -hmm. much what is, if you don't believe in God. And I was not raised in a religious way. Um, and I think I needed to believe in something. I had faith, but I didn't know where to put this faith. Uh, so I had to believe in something that was not, a lie or not a book or something that I could truly believe in and one day I was uh, gardening and it's, just, it's it sounds very stupid but I was gardening and there's I have this olive tree in a pot outside my house and there was a lot of weed that grew around this olive tree and I, I thought to myself how come there's, there's so much weed it's in a pot I never planted these <laughs> and suddenly you've got life and this was very much of a aha moment because i thought well if you just have earth and sun and water you get life yeah and that's and and it was at that moment i realized that you know there you go i've got an answer of where do we come from it's earth and therefore i decided to talk about it in my art and obviously when you speak about your relationship with earth you can't avoid talking about all the negative that we bring to it yeah so basically um your art is what it is today what do you see with all this climate change and all this you know the way everything changed so dramatically so fast right now how do you see your painting 20 years from now what would you love to what type of planet would you love to paint and what do you how do you see your art in in, uh, in 20 years i mean i think it's a little hard to imagine but in your yeah. dream <laughs> it's hard to imagine but um i i think the, the the i don't know if there will still be planets per se i think there, there might be you know it might be a different style what's sure is that i will continue to do to paint no matter what and it, i will still continue to talk about uh these subjects that are so dear to me because this is to me um as an artist i think it's important to witness your own time and this is as we speak a, a huge concern that uh, concerns all of us um how it will look like i'm not sure i it might be a, with completely different mediums it could be with lights it could be sculptures i'm not sure i think some you know when you start um when i started news you know microcosm for example um it's i didn't know it was gonna come it's it's one day i i made you know some new experiment and i just had a wave of inspiration and suddenly it just started it, it was created like this um so i it's i Think it's going to be very hard to predict yeah hopefully hopefully the change that you know we will change the way we live and hopefully you know planet earth will be uh, a little less um, uh, damaged by us mm -hmm. and then 
Hopefully, your painting will be, you know, more positive. Yeah, well, I mean, they're not, they're not negative. Don't make me wrong. But it's just mm -hmm. like you know, it would be interesting to see how it evolves. And I think it's it's, uh, and I think you you as a, an artist, you know, have using this uh, your art to um, become an advocate uh, for something you strongly believe in. I reminds me of a you know like Picasso with Guernica and say we are anti war here. I mean, just like you you artists have, um, I mean, a great audience and a great um, uh, voice, uh, even though there is no world, <laughs> and it's pretty amazing. And, and I, I want to talk about that because um, art today uh, is mostly seen in galleries or into. Um, collector's you know house mm -hmm. and for a lot of people art is extremely intimidating because you know they don't really understand or everyone thinks it's too expensive or is that what people are going to think of this art if I you know people think art about only being decorative so there mm -hmm. is a lot of different way to be intimidated by art mm -hmm. and um, I have to say that pushing the um, the door of the art gallery is not always the easiest <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, because you feel like you don't belong and you wonder if it's the right place to go and you wonder if the question you're going to ask are going to be relevant and you feel very insecure. Um, however, you join a young um, uh, company, which is MTA, Marintangi mm -hmm. uh, Art Agency, and I believe it changed a lot of things for you. So if you can describe, you know, your so, experience. Yes, of course. I. So NTA agency is um, a talent agency for artists. Um, so it's done by it's done visual. for Marine Tangi. Marine Tangi, uh, MT Art actually, a Marine Tangi art agency. Um, so Marine Tangi is an a, uh, she's an agent and she runs uh, this company. She is she represents about twenty artists. Uh, most of us are either painter or um, sculptures. You also have a lot of uh, performers and um, people working on videos and so on. Uh, and she is fantastic. She brings a new model to the art world. She doesn't have a gallery. She, however, you know, brings a lot uh, of opportunities um, to her artists through you know, making collaborations with brand. Um, working on public art or making direct sales with some of her collectors. Um, she, she brings, you know, every day I received two, if not three emails of somebody in, in, in Marin's team or Marin directly bringing me new opportunities to do. Um, and which I, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt, but I like uh, the, the sentence is um, invest in artists not in art yeah that's a i think that's a very interesting uh, um phrase and i i believe very true um you, you can't judge an artist by one artwork you have to see the entire oeuvre as we would say in french i don't know the entire work of of an artist to understand what he does that's why to come back on what you said um regarding the, the the galleries you know sometimes it can feel intimidating and one of the reason why is that 
you might not know why an artist had done such work and and part of the beauty of art is actually trying to dig the information of why an artist does that uh, especially with contemporary art that can be very abstract um, you know i found myself uh, loving some artists after knowing why they would do such an artwork uh, and before knowing why they did it i could uh, you know i would be thinking ah well i you could appreciate it but not at the at, not, not at the same level. level yeah the same label level um so i think to appreciate um art knowledge is very important it's also you know it also feels great to love an artist and knowing why um, and knowing the message behind it and so on. Um, and I think that's what Marine does incredibly well. She communicates on her, uh, on her artists and their messages in a very beautiful and smart manner. She uses social medias like no one else. She has a very strong understanding of how it works. Uh, and how to communicate on it, and um, and actually that's that's how I, I started to work with her. I before working with her, I, I worked with some galleries that were great at selling my art, but not great at talking about it. Uh, and therefore, um, I contacted mine, telling her, you know, this is um, an issue I'm facing, um, and I'd love to find the right person to uh, speak about the message because as an artist that's what really truly matters to me uh, and she was very happy to come into the studio to see my work and we started to work together since four years now yeah and she was she was a um, young entrepreneur at that time so you also yes. had to you know you had to mutually trust trust each other to embark in this new venture yeah it's funny because we well we're almost the same age and she had a baby i had a baby a week apart uh and we we're you know we're uh we're climbing this uh well we're let's say we're facing this i would say um path together where you know we're we're working at the same yeah. pace, I would say, yeah. And so our model is very, very different. And I just want to explain a little bit, and I hope I'm not, um, um, I hope my explanation will be um, right. So you just interrupt me if it's not right. So basically she, I remember she's mentioned that um, she used to work at an art gallery in the US, in Los Angeles, and then she realized that um, there were no really agency that were representing artists. But in another hand, you had different um, agency represented like uh, sports people or actors or models. Mm -hmm. And then that these uh, people were not only doing the work as a model or an artist or sportive, but they were also using uh, their, um, uh, who they were for representing different brand. And it was also a good way for them to I don't know exactly. I just I, I don't know if it's the, 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 my message is clear here. But mm. um, you, as an artist, uh, what she uh, brings you is not only um, collectors or people who understand your work, but she's also bring you different brands who are going to relate to the message you want to um, you express in your art, and then you're going mm. to work with this brand and collaborate on different projects. Mm. And so, if you can talk about the different collaboration you you've done lately. And I'm actually thinking about the 
House of Champagne, the Maison Renoir, because since I was born and was in Champagne, I always <laughs> love to <laughs> connect with my fellow uh, Champenois people. So, but you know, the collaboration with a brand is something that is new and very interesting uh, that uh, Marin Tangi uh, brought to this world. Absolutely. Um... So regarding the, the, the partnership I did with Rina, uh, it was very interesting because I, you know, I believe they they are positioning themselves as the champagne of art. Uh, you know, they sponsorize most of the big art fair uh, in the world, and what they have is a program um, and a team uh, that works with one artist per year. Uh, and so last year it was a guy called Vic Muniz. This year is a, an artist called uh, David Frigley. And what they do with these artists they usually are very, you know, uh, well uh, rep well represented and, and very important artists. Uh, so what they do with these artists is that because they sponsorize all this fair around the world, they usually have a beautiful booth, whether it's at Art Basel, Art Freeze, or um, Miami. Yeah. Name in Miami, Basel. Well, you know, name it. They're they're going to be normally um, sponsorizing it anyway. So they they take this artist and and put his artwork all over their booth, um, and they do a great launch every year. Um, and so that's how they position themselves as the champagne of art, essentially. But recently, they decided to uh, you know care more about our environment and they thought how are we going to communicate this through art and that's how uh they it's on you found me and um well it's it was a perfect match because uh i'm not their major artist because you know they that's for usually elderly artists um with a much bigger career than mine uh at the moment but i'm have the chance to be uh, also represented in their booth around with these amazing artists um, around the world. Uh, and so we worked on uh, a few works. So I had to do 50 little boxes for them and uh, that would encourage people to consider recycling corks. Because cork is a material that is- uh, Sustainable, uh, we will think. But well, it's it's sustainable, but um, you can recycle it, and and that we we don't we don't really know it because the the average person consumption of cork is usually not that high. However, when you are Rina, you do consume a lot of cork, um, and so we decided to uh, to work around that and to um, through an artwork. Uh, you would have to put the you collect uh, the cork the, the cork through the artwork, and that artwork is inspired by the series Microcosm with the you know the burnt and the cracks. Um, and the other works we did were uh, inspired by the Planet series, and this is to in, uh, to influence people to re to recycle glass. And uh, the idea is that you get into a box huge box uh, and you face a planet in front of you, completely golden, and actually through the planet, you will put your bottle, uh, your arm through the planet and drop it uh, in, into a, a, a box that collects all the glass, essentially. So that was a fun, uh, that was a fun, uh, a fun collaboration. 
Yeah. 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 It was an amazing brand to work with. Great, great people, great team, fantastic vision, and and very appreciative of art, which is on top, uh, quite nice. Uh, yeah, but so but but you you had also different partnership, and I do believe with other um, um, brands like also jewelry. And, yeah, uh, Pomelato. Pomelato is this Italian brand, part of the Kering Group, uh, and they they approached me. That was a uh, 2016, I believe. Um, they approached me because uh, they liked the planet series and one of their uh, uh, ring is called sabia and sabia is uh, inspired by planets the sabia collection and the planets so they they decided to put a planet work in every of their shop worldwide which was a huge thing Amazing. to me yeah. uh, especially at the time it was, it, was, uh, it was the very beginning of the planet series and and uh, and so that's um, and i had a very small studio at the time so i remember the storage was a huge uh, issue because I had to make so many uh, identical artwork because they wanted the same uh, color. It's not identical, but the same. It was uh, same plain same background. Series, like very, yeah, yeah. And so it was. It was it was fun, but uh, stressful. Um, <laughs> Well, I really, I really like that. Uh, you know, your art is definitely going. This is, uh, you know, outside of um, uh, galleries, outside of collectors' house. You know, mm. and it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a great way to, to put your voice out there. So, David, well, thank you so much. You know, I really um, appreciate you taking the time today, and uh, I really hope that we're going to get out of this uh, crisis. International crisis, yeah. uh, good way. I think I hope we're going to have you know take things into another consideration now. Maybe live differently. And yeah. Hopefully, yeah. that will happen. Yes, there's definitely going to be I think some uh, different ways of doing things after the confinement. Um, I think it, it's a overall quite of a, a it's a very negative thing, uh, but out of out of this chaos will will probably rise uh, a few a few good things yeah and i and i cannot wait how it's going to impact your art because it 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 mm -hmm. has to i'm sure it's going to we're going to have a um, different planets coming out of your yeah. i'm uh, already working on some new things i'll, yeah. I'll send you photos when it's ready all right okay <laughs> anyway. thank you so much thank you so much Renee. thank, thank you, you. Thank you to David for taking the time to discuss his mission with me today. I hope you have enjoyed listening to our conversation. I truly appreciate the powerful voice behind David's art. If you would like to learn more about David Savanchaburg, visit his website at davidau.com. That is davidaiu.com. You can also follow along on Instagram at davidau. On this episode, we spoke about David's agency, founded by Marine Tangi. You can find more information on Instagram at mtartagency or online at mtart.agency and discover other amazing artists like David. 
This podcast is an ongoing creative conversation for anyone who looks around and sees the added values in their world and wants to know more about who is doing it. Be sure to share texture with your friends and community. Find your preferred listening platform at valerielegrade.com slash podcast or listen to us on Spotify. Be sure to follow so that you don't miss new episodes. Thank you for listening and à bientôt.